spoken lately. I haven't thought about flying for a long time. I haven't dreamed of that moment when I was alone above the clouds for a long time. I haven't dreamed of waking up in a room surrounded in blue and green grass more years than I could dream of memory. I haven't walked back into the past or scratched on the doors of my origins, where it all came from, since I held up that cape for the last time. Return to Kent Town 10th year anniversary edition is a revised version of Ambien's first poetry book. The book can be purchased from Amazon and it contains numerous additional material. Spoken Hi, it's Andian from Spoken Label. A spoken Label was originally set up at the beginning of 2016 and records show it started off really as a one-off podcast chatting to writers, poets and artists. Over time, it became monthly, then weekly and occasionally nowadays it goes on that to a more regular basis. To date, I've done over 330 sessions and I'm always looking for new poets, writers, artists, singer-songwriters, general interesting creative people to come onto the podcast. You can find this on all the usual networks over Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Podbay and dozens of others. But it does have a central database of spoken label, which is all one word, dot bandcamp.com. Obviously now, to help me with the running costs of this podcast, I'm always grateful for any kind of donation to assist me with it. You can either do the donation through the Bandcamp page by putting in a fee to download one of the free podcasts, or send it over to my PayPal to aen1mpo at yahoo.co.uk. My email address again is aen1mpo at yahoo.co.uk. Enjoy the podcast. Take care. Bye. Spoken Label. Hi guys, Andy N. Spoken Label. Back in the house on a Monday evening and thankfully it's a bit warmer today. If you're doing this in real time over the past two weeks, it's been bloody freezing in this flat. Now, We've got a wonderful poet with us today as well, who I met actually a couple of months ago, actually, when Perry, who's our guest today, guest told to speak easy for us, and she was that good. As far as I wish speakeasy, I guess our open mic spoken word night in Cholton, she was Perry was that great. They came along and did it a couple months later for us, and even more better. So, of course, that's we've got a lot more to talk about with Perry today because unbelievable writer. So, Perry, first of all, then people who don't know you. Tell people a little bit about yourself, first of all. I was including, obviously, but your people might guess by your accent. You're not <laughs> English, so tell them, obviously, where you came from originally. What started you off with your creativity? Uh, thank you, Andy. And also, I just want to give a quick shout-out to uh, the Speakeasy Night. It's a wonderful night. Um, I've been coming uh, since just after I arrived in the UK, and it's been just such a wonderful experience to get to know people and really create a sense of community. So thank you, Andy, for putting that on. And anybody who's listening who hasn't been, you should definitely check it out. Um, yeah, I'm Perry, 
And um, I am a poet who originally comes from uh, Waterloo, Ontario in Canada. Um, I moved over to Manchester in January of 2022. So I've, I'm all, I'm all, I've almost reached my anniversary of moving here, which yeah. is very exciting. Um, and, uh, oh gosh, I don't have many interesting things to say about myself. So I'll just get right into my creativity because that's really the only interesting thing about me. Um, I'm sure there is. You've just been very shy. Um, yeah, so my creative journey started really young, honestly. Um, I was always, like, really excited about making, like, making things. Um, I really enjoyed, like, I don't know if, if anybody knows what, like, those tinker toys are where you just, like, create structures. And I was always really into, like, imaginative play. Um, and, I, and I remember um, I, I was going through some old stuff when my parents were moving. And I found my first book that I wrote when I was in first grade. It was about a monster who oh. didn't go outside because it was really, it was, it thought it was really ugly and everybody would hate it, but it wanted pickles. So it oh. had to go outside. It was a heart wrenching story, let me oh. tell you. Uh, it was a real journey. Um, but yeah, no. So from a very young age, I was really into like creative writing and storytelling. And my mom just always really kind of um, encouraged that. Uh, she would read poetry with my sister and I when we were little. Like, she would just really kind of have us engage with it, honestly, not just lecturing us with it, which I think was really fun for us. We got to, like, give our opinions and not have us told that we were being wrong. Um, so it was really cool. Um and then I think high school, I mean, I feel like lots of poets have like a little bit of um, a, a high school peak where they're like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm this angsty teenager who has so many feelings and I'm going to write poetry. And that was definitely me. Um, and uh, it was it, it was all trash. It was I found. <laughs> oh, I, it, no, I, start, was, I started when I was 10 on it. And it, I can definitely say it was trash. <laughs> so, yeah. I know. I was. I found. I found when uh, when I was moving over here, I found this notebook that I had. And I took a creative writing class in grade twelve, and so I was like, what, seventeen, eighteen? And um, I found it, and oh my word, I was so embarrassed. I was reading it like alone in my room, and I was dying of embarrassment. I was like, there's nobody here to be embarrassed with me. But I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> you do. You, you look back at your very early stuff like that, and you, I know I've done it myself. And I can remember the first, the second poem I ever wrote. I got two weeks' attention at school, <laughs> it? because because yeah. the teachers objected me writing about poems about lions breaking out of cages and killing the teacher. Yeah, so <laughs> I can relate to that. Oh, <laughs> so, that's good. That's good. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, nothing like that. Um, that sounds ex like exciting poetry. Mine was not very exciting poetry. It wasn't. Very <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so then I think I, I, I had a bit of a drought when I was like, you know, in like my, my early 20s. And I was like, I'm a party kid. I'm so cool. Um, but it made for a lot of good poetry later, let me tell you. Um, doing stupid shit is a great way to write good poetry. Um so I think that when I first kind of started taking poetry seriously was um, at the beginning of 2021, probably February 2021. I took back-to-back -to -back courses 
with two writers that I really um, respected. And it's just kind of like one, one was about creation and one was about editing. And oh, it yeah. really kind of, and, and, and so I took the creation one first and the editing one second. And it just kind of like springboarded me into this world of like poetry and creation and just finding a community of poets like during a lockdown, which was really cool. I thought I didn't have anybody in my life. And I found all these writers and I was like, wow, that's amazing. It's so awesome. <laughs> yeah, I think you do when it's over lockdown. It was interesting really because like I certainly found myself from different perspectives here because you know, you know already I'm diabetic and stuff like that. It was like, mm. certainly when I, when in my case was uh, over lockdown, it was a case of, you know, we we're both being a man to confronted ourselves over quite a bit of our own way we were as people over lockdown. And yeah. Over lockdown, you, locked out, you basically, you learned to look at things in a different way, didn't you really, I suppose? And so that's why you probably learned a lot about yourself as a writer during that period, I suspect. Yeah, and I was going through a very turbulent breakup at the time, um, which was uh, very helpful for my early writing. Let me tell you, there's nothing like a heartbreak to get the writing started. Um, (laughs) uh, But yeah, no, it was um, it it was really good, and and like my early writing was really kind of um, working through a lot of trauma that I had been through. Um, in those earlier years where I wasn't writing and finding ways to come to terms with things that had been problematic in my life for so long. Mm. And, uh, and, and it was really interesting how like kind of like putting it out onto paper and, and like molding it into something that I liked helped me. It, it was almost like uh, I, I don't know how to explain it. It was almost like uh, like like taking it out of my brain and looking at it from like a third party perspective, and that like took the power away from it, and it created something that I loved. And I was like, oh, well, this doesn't have any like the kind of power that I had over me before, which was really interesting to kind of go through that process. Yeah, I think you need to sometimes give yourself a writer. You do need to give yourself that bit of distance sometimes. I think when you do. Then it yeah. can be really interesting in itself as a writer, definitely with that one. So now, yeah, now, okay, we better. I suppose we better move on to your, your collection, really. Um, <laughs> good point to move on there is okay. Tell us first about, about the your collection then. And I'm going to hope I get pronounced right. Meditations for the dead and dying. Yes, so, what a catchy title! You should look it up yeah. somewhere. Um, it's on Amazon. Very gothic, I'll say. Great way, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. Tell us about the process um, of this thing. I know you you seem to write it fairly quickly, didn't you, as well? Yeah, Meditations for a Dead and Dying actually came together quite quickly. Um, I didn't realize I was actually writing a collection. Um, I, I, uh, I think pretty much everything from Meditations was written in about three or four months. Um and I just kind of like looked at a bunch of stuff that I'd written and liked one day. And I realized I was like, I have like six or seven poems that are just like all about this, like kind of like in this like certain vein of um, like voice and um, talking about um, certain themes and motifs. Um, and so I, and so I thought like, well, that could be a collection. So I just started, I just kind of kept writing and then I, I found an open call um, for chapbooks, like short length chapbooks, because it's only like 10 poems, very short book. Um, but yeah, I found, I found an open call 
and I sent it in. And so I think probably from start to like, like from the beginning, from the writing of the first poem, the earliest poem that's in there to publication date was like maybe six months. Whoa. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. It was a very speedy one. My other ones have been, have been taken a bit longer. Yeah, that is that is really quick that process. I find that sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes it can be like, well, certainly my second book. My second book took me forever to write. It did took me about five yeah. years, five years, and yeah, it was just was not a straightforward book at all to write. But yeah, I think sometimes like that, it's when you get that pace. Sometimes it can the write itself does come along, come to you really quickly. It's almost like I think when you realise what you're writing, sometimes it can be, can't it? Yeah, exactly. And I think that like like for my for this first collection here, it's definitely just like um a collection of poems that came together. It wasn't preconceived. But what I'm finding to be fun with the things that I've been working on, um, mm. kind of like since then, is um like having a preconceived idea of what you want the book to do and then like like it's it, it, it's like it's like an expanded version of a poem. The collection is a big poem, and each poem is 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 a little piece of it. You know, like you have an idea for what you want the collection to do, and then you're writing for the collection. And I found that to be a really interesting process as well. Hmm. Yeah. 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 No, I do I agree with you? I also I know obviously I know you're working on new material at the moment as well, so. But like I said, but and each I'm always tell me what your opinion is. Well, each poem you write is oh part of what it's obviously like a collection that you are. It's a reaction to what you've wrote before. So do you find this with what you're working on at the moment and since this collection? Yeah, no, I definitely find I find that as I write, I'm trying to both cultivate a voice based on what I've written before and also mm. try and find new spaces to grow into away from what I've been doing before. Mm. So I feel like what I've written in the past affects the way that I grow forward quite a bit. Cause I have this, I have this like insane fear of just like writing the same poem twice. I hate it. I'm like, I don't want to do it. <laughs> Yeah, and, and I, um, I can relate to that. Always a, a believer as an artist and writer, you've got to be constantly moving forward. Exactly, exactly. And so it's really, it's, it's, it is, it is nice. It is interesting mm. to read back stuff from meditation because for, because for a while, um, I wasn't reading anything from Meditations for the Dead and Dying because it, because it was like older, quote unquote. It's only like a year old, but um. It was quote unquote older work. Um, and I was like, well, I have newer stuff that's more like me, blah, 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 blah. But hmm. it is really nice to pull out stuff that you're still proud of a year later. Yeah. Say, yeah. this is this this is an older version of what I've done, but it still has my voice. You can still tell that like it was me that wrote this, and I'm proud of these pieces. And even though it's not where I am right now, they're still worth celebrating. Yeah, I'm a believer in that myself because first book I did, so it's over 10 years old now, and I still sometimes <laughs> will dip back into the odd two or three pieces from that book even sometimes. And you do, it's like, yeah. I think when you go further, you step away from it, it you're a different sort of person altogether. 
And yeah. I can see from the notes you've got, like I've, I've read an interview that I found before you put down like, your forthcoming book, where obviously, mm-hmm. obviously if you're, your debut book, people wonder about it, is you're talking about the themes of birth, death, and the violence found in life, which is, like I said, it's meaty stuff, nothing but nothing but the best of <laughs> our, our, our viewers and book and label. But, yeah, yeah, and I think what I've heard of your new stuff as well, because, like I said, I've heard you read about think, three times now. And like it was like, yeah, I think your newer stuff's obviously heading in a different direction from that, but keeping some of the same themes, really, isn't it? I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely. I'm trying to find new ways of looking at because, like, like you can look at something in many different ways, right? And what I like to do is I like to look at kind of the neutrality of existence you know it's like it's like yeah things suck sometimes but it's not malicious and yeah things can be good sometimes but it's not you know gracious like it's like it's it's the world is neutral and things happen so and I do tend to especially previously I've spoken quite a lot about kind of like death and dying obviously meditations for done dying um and i've kind of moved into more of um uh a space talking about um well moved into i did an entire project kind of about mental health um and sexuality and substance abuse um and then now I'm trying to, I'm not sure exactly. I've taken, I've taken, honestly, I've taken a bit of a break from writing over the last month or so. Um, Cause I just haven't known exactly where I want to move. And I think that that's part of the process and a really good part of the process is looking inside of yourself and saying, where am I on my journey that I feel I want to express, you know, like I feel like, for myself, I don't want to just, I find it very hard to just write anything. I have to want to express something and have a certain understanding of what it is I'm trying to do. And I just am not sure what I want to do just yet because I'm just moving into this new phase. Yeah, no, it's understandable. It's, um, I mean, like I said before, there was a gap between what five years to my first and second book, and I think that's what you're yeah. doing. Like it was, it took me that long to find the voice for what I yeah. wanted to do next. And like people wondering, your debut collection came out last year, didn't it? September time, by what I can see. So uh, yeah. December, uh, yeah, it, it it got accepted in September, and then December oh. is when it came out. Right, yeah. Well, as I said, it's, yeah, you've still probably not had the grieving period have you moved along for you <laughs> really could argue couldn't you or the birthing yeah. period is we're trying to find your voice and it's like yeah it's like there's no you can't just i don't think you could just switch off from one book to another by 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 a week after it you need probably calm down period probably don't you particularly it's poetry so yeah and like i have to admit like this last year like since meditations i have completed two other manuscripts one of which got picked up for publication we'll talk about that later um i've completed two other manuscripts and have been working very seriously on a third one as well as just doing free creation like it's been a very creation heavy year 
God, and God. I just felt like I just felt like I needed to give myself a break to recover, to read, to do some research, to really like get myself in a place where it was fresh and it was exciting and it was fun and new again. Yeah, yeah, no, of course. I can understand completely with that one. Oh, well, good luck with the, the, the fourth coin manuscript, definitely with that one. So, yeah. <laughs> now, I want to, obviously, before we go into what uh, I've got, we'll talk about what's, what plans you got next. But I've yeah. got your new manuscript. But I know, obviously, if people go onto your website, you can see as well. And I want to ask you about these. I can see you've obviously built your website. You can see you do pins, can't you? And holographic stickers. And I love yeah. the sticker. Well, it's talk shit, <laughs> get bit. Now I do love that sticker. I'm going to show Amanda this later on. I think she'll find this quite amusing. So, but tell us about then. Where do these these, these sort of drawings or that that side of you come from? Your creativity, then. Ah, drawings. Yeah, drawing is like a hobby. I love drawing. Drawing is just kind of like what I do when I don't want to think it. Like. For me, poetry is active creation, whereas drawing is more passive for me. Like poetry, I'm like really trying to like sculpt something wonderful, whereas drawing, I'm just like, let's just like put our pencil on the paper for a bit and see what happens. So drawing has been like a really fun journey for me. I only got into drawing again early 2021. I never like I was like, like I was like, I don't draw. I do like do not draw. Like, I didn't even doodle in margins because I was embarrassed about how bad my drawing was. Um, and then I started doing art in uh, early 2021. And it's been really, really fun. I have this, like, kind of uh, very, like, simple style. It's, like, kind of, like, graphic lines. Um, I like creepy stuff. I really like drawing creepy stuff. Um, you, can see that. you can see that from your book. Definitely with that one. You've got the front yeah. cover as well. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the book cover, I drew that. Um, so, but, um, I, yeah, I don't know. Drawing is drawing is really, I, I want to explore, like, visual creation more. Um, I would like to look into different mediums and different ways that I can maybe put images with my writing and stuff like that and bring those two things together I think that would be really fun um cool. but yeah it's just some, sometimes I draw something and I'm like that would look cool on a pin so I put it on a pin <laughs> brilliant now obviously I think it's probably time to talk about the next collection as well now yeah. I do I did notice and I don't know whether this is your forthcoming collection so I know you have been doing some work haven't you with two Waterloo region artists Greg Trumper is it and Rebecca Payne is this yeah. still ongoing, this one, is it? Yeah, well, it's um, it's changed a little bit. Greg was unable to um, complete the rest of the project, so it was just me and Rebecca. Um, mm. But that is actually the manuscript that got picked up for publication. Oh, brilliant. brilliant. I was, I was, well, just because people are wondering, myself, when I always talk to people like yourself, I want to make sure doing the research. And I was wondering if that was the second and forthcoming collection, and indeed, so. yeah. It's wow. actually it's called it's called Bruising Bone Life in Bloom. Um, it's changed quite an. It was it was such an interesting thing to put together, honestly. Um, like mm. like in in the collaborative aspect and the different iterations it went through is really really fun. Mm. Becca and I worked together so well. We really loved working together. It turned out beautifully. Like I couldn't be happier with how it turned out. Their drawings are 
impeccable. The words are really, really good, I feel. I feel like they're very solid. And uh, it was just, um, it was a real learning experience. And uh, it was it was fun to work in like a multimedia project, you know, like with oh, words yeah. and art coming together. And how did you meet? How did you meet Rebecca then? The first game. Um, I actually I lived with Rebecca um during the beginning of lockdown. Um, mm. we shared we shared a flat in uh, Waterloo, and uh, just kind of became really good friends. Um. And I was looking for an artist to do this project, and I and I knew that Becca's stuff was amazing. Um, so so I reached out to them, and I was like, "Hey, you want a gig?" And they're like, "Yeah, I want a gig." <laughs> Brilliant. So yeah, obviously, then I said forty enough. So I always look at that. Can we have book? Is a reaction to your first book? How does this compare to the first manuscript yourself? Do you look? Are you looking back at this and saying like, "Oh wow, this is very different to the first collection." Oh, it's it's light years different. It's not even the same ballpark. It's not even the same game. Mm. Um, it's uh, not not just in the quality of the words, but in what it is. Like the conception of like it's very much a hybrid mm. art piece. Oh, brilliant! You know, like it's mm. it's 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 really only I think it's six three stanza poems, and each stanza is only three or four lines. Well, so is, there's really not. Yeah. Exactly, like there's not very much like it, it, it's it's not like a ten piece collection kind of thing, but the way that the art and and the writing play together and work together, it mm. really creates this amazing experience for the reader to just kind of go through and like it slows you down. You know how you can just like zoom through a poem and you're like, ah, I didn't really understand any of it, but I'm done now. Like the art. And the words together really ask you to slow down and interpret it stanza by stanza. Really, really, no, sounds fascinating. Definitely, I don't know. It's not. It's obviously. It's going to be completely different to your first book. And that, I think that's always great. That one. So, do you yeah. know when this second collection is going to be out? Then, yeah, it's uh, it's scheduled for publication for September twenty twenty three. Um, so there will be more noise on that uh, as soon as we get uh, some discussions uh, done with our, our publisher um, about uh, marketing and stuff like that. And as soon as it gets a little bit closer to the day, we'll be hyping it up. Brilliant. We'll, come, we'll speak to you at the time about that, see if I can assist you at the time on that one, definitely. <laughs> now, I know what to say as well, reading up in interviews I've read about you as well, I know you have been putting some what to quote your words some baby steps onto novel writing is that something do you think you'll <laughs> look at in the future more as well yeah um i think that uh novel writing is something maybe not like full-on novel because i do have adhd that's a little bit too much for me to commit to uh but <laughs> But um, I am looking at uh, uh, writing a novella, um, a horror novella. I have, like, an entire plot. I'm starting to, like, I'm just kind of, like, taking it, like, very slowly. Mm. I'm, like, doing some, like, world building. I'm doing some, like, writing of it every once in a while. Um, but I think that that might be something that I focus on more in 2023 is starting to get this kind of off the ground. Because oh, it would be interesting to kind of round out my craft to have longer form writing. 
no, be something that I'm definitely, right. Definitely good luck with that. Definitely there is yeah. So yeah, so just like just like it's just like a different form of the craft, right? Like a different version of of writing to to inform my other versions of writing. No, fantastic. Good luck with it, definitely. So, right, we'll better wrap up this part now anyway. So we'll let you do the hard sell then. Obviously, now, if people want to get hold of your first collection, then where do you recommend to go to? Um, so there's two options. The first option is you can go to Amazon and just type in Meditations for a Dead and Dying. It should pop up. Um, the other thing, I think it's like seven pounds something on there. Um, the other option is um, you can email me directly at uh, sunshineloftarts at gmail.com. If you email me about inquiring about a book, I will probably give it to you at a discount and I'll probably include goodies for you, like some stickers or pins, maybe. Hint, hint, <laughs> wink, wink. Because um, I do have some back stock in my living room. So um, those are the two ways that you can get a hold of a copy. Brilliant. If people want to read and read more about you online, then where do you recommend they go to wrap up with? Uh, that's a little bit up in the air right now because I'm working on my website. I think it's a bit of a mess at the moment, if I remember correctly. Um, but uh, you can find me on Twitter at uh, Perry Gastegger, um, or Instagram. My Instagram, I'm currently locked out of my Instagram. I'm trying to get back into it. So just follow my Instagram and maybe... I'll never be on there again. We'll see. Uh, is Perry <laughs> is uh, is Perry dot Gastiger. So those are my two socials. Brilliant. Well, thanks again, Kerry. It's been tremendous since the first part. So hang around, everybody, because you ain't seen nothing yet. So we'll see you all. <laughs> spoken label. Hi guys. Yes, and the end. Spoken label. Straight over to fantastic Perry. She's going to do three posters. I think these are all from her debut collection. Unless she surprises me. So over to you, Perry. Hi, thanks, Andy. Um, yeah, so we're going to do, we're actually going to do a couple from uh, Meditations and then we'll do uh, one new one to keep it spicy. Um, I just need to figure out which ones I want to do. Okay, let's keep it, let's do some yummy ones. Let's do some yummy ones. Okay. Uh, the first one we're going to do is called A Snack in the Sunshine. You lay here asleep under the willow tree. I hear the carrion birds calling, hungry songs into the dawn, wretched screeches as they beat their wings and descend upon your body. I hear flesh tear from bone like sweet babes from mother's wombs. My stomach rumbles at your carcass, stripped down to ivory nakedness bearing itself to the rising sun, the bits not worth scavenging rot under the hot glare of the day. I crack a bone and suck the marrow. The smell of putrid matter fills my nostrils and I breathe deep, licking my fingers, sitting in the shade of the willow tree. A child screams and I fall asleep, thinking of you. In the fragrant heat. Ooh, that last last line carries a punch, and that one straight away. That does <laughs> excellent. It's like it's um, 
you've almost like at the end of it, I mean, you've pulled the rug out of people's feet, that last line of showing like his I thought it was <laughs> a current memory, but it's not. At the end of it, yeah, really makes you realise you're looking back in the past. No, fantastic stuff. Brilliant, brilliant. It's great Thank stuff. Thank you. Okay. Straight over to you for number two. Perfect. The second one, we're going we're gonna to keep with this eating motif because, man, am I hungry. I need dinner. Um, so the, the <laughs> second one is called um, A Modest Feast, and I really hope someone gets that, uh, gets that reference. Uh, <laughs> Perverse conductors of power and gain gorge themselves on our bodies, licking bloody chops as they stare down at our skeletons, dancing on gilt strings, jeweled chains hanging loosely from chipped ankles as we lurch and clatter into piles of spent ivory. Our minds were stained by the machination of our lives, and it is our time to feast. To sate starving stomachs, cut our teeth on gold-plated bones as we tear at soft flesh, chewing fat until it sticks to our tongues, coating our palates thick with rebellious words. We burned their factories, danced in the flames, and at bloody dawn they stuck their heads in piles of ashes as hungry armies of the not-quite-dead spilled over the horizon. They never saw us coming. Really powerful again, that. And I just, again, you, you, I noticed that when I, after a few times when you read, you always have. Some poets are always like, Really good at some parts, but your your strength to me straight away is the endings of it. That's again, that's a fantastic piece with, with a top notch ending in that one. So, do you find it when you're writing your poems generally with the talk like is it always easy to do the actual endings come fairly quickly, or do you have to sort of sit down and really fiddle around with the poems till you get the ending right? Oh, it depends. Sometimes it's like, oh, I know what the ending's going to be, and sometimes I'm just like. Like I just have to work it and work it and work it and move things around and change the like whole progression of the poem because I, I like a good ending and like I like to wrap things up well. Um, so so yeah, it's 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 uh sometimes it's a bit of a labor of love, let's just say that. But <laughs> um, it's it's always worth it. It's always worth it. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree with you on that one as well. So. It's one that always I used to used to draw does my head in my poetry is titles. I can and I can spend longer on an actual title of a poem, an actual actual poem itself sometimes. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Okay, we're better, better let you move on because I know people I know obviously you've 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 used a hint already, you're hungry, so we won't keep you on forever tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Give us the big finale then, Perry. All right. Um, so, oh, man, I probably shouldn't have saved this one to last because it's still a work in progress. I gave you two, like, finished ones first, but it's fine. Um, so we were speaking about this new era that I'm going into, and this is one of my newest poems that I've written, and I still have not finished writing and, well, editing it. So it's a tiny bit rough, but I would love to share it with you. So here we go. It doesn't have a title because, of course, that's where it's at. Because like you said, titles are literally the hardest part of the poem. <laughs> um, okay. 
It is raining outside, and I have worn holes in my shoes on the frozen pavement of soft winter nights, wandering. And the evening is long, long enough to dance naked under streetlights and laugh into the darkness, long enough to scream into white numbed fingers that soak up our anger and to walk and to cry and to walk and to forget who we are. But the sun is waking and the leaves are blooming and blood mixes with water in the streets, the skin of my feet puckering around frostbitten blisters long since burst and I still haven't made it. I still haven't found my way home. It's a great way of looking at that. When you're looking at poetry yourself, like you're off the, you're off the, it's a journey. And I, I think when I'm finishing a poem, sometimes I still haven't found my way home because I don't know whether the actual piece is finished, whether you're thinking that's it, are you going to write another poem again? Um, that raises yeah, a, yeah. a lot of really good questions, that does. And I think it's a really good way, great way and a very understated way. And that's what I like what you, you were pairing in your work as well, is where you're leaving your thinking about it afterwards, which sometimes it danger can be with the pieces. So, tremendous. <laughs> <laughs> so... Thank, thank you. you, thank you, Andy. Thank you again for today, Perry. So you have to keep us in, to keep us in, in the loop when the next book's out. Obviously, in two thousand and twenty-three, and if we can arrange it, we'll bring we'll get your get your artist friend on as well, so we can talk talk about bounce off how how your relationship worked between the pair of you and you're doing this book, second book. So because I've certainly I've certainly other questions. That sounds people. like a great idea. Always, always believe that sounds it. amazing. We will definitely set oh. that up. I always like talking to two different people at once and podcast sometimes. It's just we see the reaction, the look at each other again. Oh, I hadn't thought of it that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, why'd you say that? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> we're going to talk about this later. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're speaking again now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, Perry, this is how you make friends. Uh, I'm going <laughs> to let you enjoy your food now. So, but of course, I hang around for a minute or two because I do need to talk to you off mic. But it's been a pleasure today. I really have enjoyed this. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on, Andy. We'll look forward to seeing you again, definitely, in 2023. So anyway, guys and girls, that's it for today for Spoken Label. As Don Callis at Impact Wrestling says, stay safe and stay over. We'll see you all next time. Spoken Label.